From the campaign trail to the studio, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point in four generations. Tackling the difficult conversations facing our country, they're on a mission to preserve the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And you're in the hunt. Another take, us, take us away, brother. I sure will. The first thing I would like to say is your ankles look fantastic. Put lotion on them and everything. Yeah. No I knew I wasn't going to wear socks. I'm wearing, it's a loafer day. It's kind of a loafer day. Loafer day. It's a nice spring day. I didn't want to wear boots, and I just thought I'd you know, change it up. You've inspired me, right? I'm, I'm so glad. It's the Irish, it's the Irish in me. That's, <laughs> you look wonderful. Thank you. You look wonderful. As do you. As do you. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> First thing I wanted to touch on, because this past week we're talking a lot about policing and getting pulled over. I have not been pulled over, and I made fun of you last week about the amount of times that you get pulled hey, over. Hey, man, I had a lot of lead foot. Man. Yeah. I haven't been pulled over in four years, okay? We leave Who this, are you? I know. I know. We leave the podcast, and, and we film that on a... Thursday, was yes. it? Yes, yes. <laughs> As it happens, after filming that, after having that conversation, very difficult conversation for us to have, we're feeling a lot as a country. After having that conversation, on Saturday night, <laughs> I get pulled over by a cop. And it was a wonderful experience. Brendan. So the same thing that we talked about, I'm driving... I have my whole family in the car. So my wife's in the front seat, the two kids are in the back seat. We're leaving my son's softball game, or t-ball game. Actually, it's coach pitch, so baseball game, I guess I can say. We're leaving his game, we had just picked up dinner, dinner's in the car, we're driving, I get lit up. Immediately, I pull over to the side. My wife is telling me, don't just pull over to the side of the road, I think he wants you to go up and, and turn a little bit further up so that you're not obstructing traffic. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna pull over right, right here. Yeah. Right here. Pull over, hands at 10 and two. The officer, a gentleman by the name of Officer Vasquez mm -hmm. with Fulcher Police Department, mm -hmm. comes up. Hey, do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, thank you for your service, Officer, officer Vasquez. Thank, thank you, you very much for your service, Officer Vasquez. I called his police department to, to thank you, actually sir, compliment for him for, yep. for what, he's, what, what he did. He pulls me over. Do you know why I pulled you over? First, can I have your license registration? Absolutely. Here it goes. Do you know why I pulled you over? No, sir, I don't. One of your brake lights is out. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I had no clue. You're pulling me over because... You're trying to help me. Okay. One of your brake lights is out. How you doing this evening? Oh, you know, we're just coming back from a baseball game. Did they win? Like, ah, you know, they don't really keep score now. Well, like, hey, I'm glad to glad to see the little ones in baseball. Let me go run your information. They don't keep score. Yeah. We're in 2021. Oh, my. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> but in reality, I'm glad it didn't keep scoring this one. They would have got smoked. Yeah, but that's they good. They had those some five and six-year-old kids. Is, is good, there's good lessons of getting smoked, though, when you got smoked. There are very good lessons of getting smoked. Go ahead. We'll talk, so, that, you know what? We'll save that one for we'll another save day. save that for later. So he goes, runs my information, comes back. 
And after he comes back, he says, hey, look, I'm going to give you a warning. You need to get that fixed because if you get pulled over again, they're going to see the warning and system. You are going to get a ticket. Yeah. Great demeanor, handled the situation very well. And as he gives me my information back, I tell him, hey, Officer Vasquez, I just want to let you know. There is a lot going on in our country right now. You know exactly what I mean. He kind of said, yeah, I, I do know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I said, thank you so much for what you do, and thank you for the way that you handled this situation. And he said, hey, I appreciate that. So it was one of those really interesting things that happened after talking about this on a podcast that it's this notion that sometimes people are just trying to help and do their job. Right now, the 20 million traffic stops that happen every year, how many of them go about like that? I'm not saying you get a warning. Sure. But about like that. Yeah. If you get a ticket or not, they're... But it was it was just really interesting it, it, reinforcement. It really reinforced our conversation. That, that, because I still had that feeling. That, that's the normal. I still had that feeling when the lights went off, right? I still didn't want to pull up a little bit further. I wanted to be in a lit place. I, those feelings were still there. But at the same time, as I step back and think about it from a logical standpoint, yeah. this was an individual who was trying to help me. Which is so complete complete non sequitur of what we're going to talk about, but wanted to bring that up because it Good. was extremely timely. Awesome. What we're going to talk about today is the title of a Drake album. One of the best Drake albums. If you're reading this, it's too late? No. Okay. <laughs> I just throwing it out there. I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the first thing they came to. <laughs> no. Take, Not that one. Take care. Oh, take care. Okay, that's good. Okay. Take care. And the reason I started thinking about take care is... I got my second shot for the COVID vaccine. On the day that we're filming this, we've just gotten to a point in the United States where over 50% of the adult population has gotten at least the first shot of the vaccine. And it's interesting to see on social media, people are really excited about getting these vaccine <laughs> shots. <laughs> Like, re, like, yeah, I know. like, it's kind of like weird. Really, it's kind of weird. Excited about getting these vaccine shots. I had a friend on Facebook that said, "This is one of the best days of my life." No, they didn't. Up there with the birth of my two children. And I read that, and I and, and you haven't had a very good life, man. That's what I thought. <laughs> like this is one of the best things. I, in real I was life. sitting there. I'm like, in ten seconds, can I name ten things that were way better than <laughs> me getting my second COVID shot? I mean, way the first way time better. my kid went potty on their own. That was way better. Okay, that <laughs> way that was way better. That was a, the first time I I smelled chicken fried chicken. <laughs> the first time I tasted a a square fish patty at Luby's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's like so many there's, there's, like, there's an infinite amount of things that I can think of that I've been happier with than getting a, a COVID vaccine yeah. yeah but it just made me think quite a bit <laughs> about <laughs> I'm sorry that's just... <laughs> well it just made me think quite a bit about priorities taking care of ourselves mm -hmm. and we've talked a lot about mental health but we haven't touched as much on physical health mm -hmm. and taking care of ourselves. And we all want to say, yes, there's a vaccine card. We want to like that on Facebook. This is awesome. It's incredible for you. 
I'm just as happy when somebody loses five pounds. Wow. Or when somebody gets a personal trainer. Wow. Or when somebody gets a health diagnosis and they change their eating habits. Mm -hmm. Because these are the things. It's more important than the vaccine. These are the things. Yes. That are actually the vaccine's important. I'm not not diminishing that, but the vaccine's important, and at a certain level, I have to step back and think. And you know how I was about the vaccine, okay? Yes, I do. And for our audience, my brother had COVID. Okay. And we are you are the closest genetic link to me in the world. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. You're a lucky man. <laughs> That's why you're good looking. <laughs> you're the closest genetic link to me to you. Uh, okay. in the world. It's why on occasion you don't wear socks. That's, that's, that's... It's that genetic link, that, that connective tissue. Oh, man. Okay? Yeah. So when you got COVID, the first thing that I thought was, okay, if I get this and the closest genetic link to me was asymptomatic, there's probably a decent chance, yeah, decent chance that I'll be asymptomatic as well. Yeah. I also look at the health that you keep yourself in, mm-hmm. and I try to keep myself in good health as well. And you do. And I think that these are things that diminished the risk factor for me. Mm-hmm. So I put that in one bucket. In the other bucket is, do I think the vaccine is safe? I took it. Yeah, I do. Right? It's, so, I, so I have to believe that, yeah. that, it's, that it's safe enough for, for me to take it. Did I have a question that a logical person would? I have a, I am a in, an intellectually curious person. Mm-hmm. I question everything. You know that. Mm-hmm. Do I have a question when I'm taking something that there's no long-term research on that that people have not had in their body for the long term? Yes, I had questions on that. But at the same time, sometimes you do things because it's for the greater societal good. Mm-hmm. This clearly is in the because case. I don't want to pass that on to somebody else. Still, yeah, clearly in that case. And sometimes there's also situations where this might prohibit me from living my life if I don't get the vaccine. And then I will kind of caveat that, um, you know, spending your two years running for Congress, so I meet a lot of people. I have a buddy of mine that's actually in the, in the, in the, in the CDC. I asked him about the vaccine. He said, he said, Wesley, this is actually 2021 at this point. This is probably the best vaccine we've ever had in the history of the world, and here's why. How long ago did we come up with the polio vaccine? I said technology has come a very long way since then. You see, if you think about it, the DNA and the RNA of this particular virus was probably figured out within nanoseconds because we just literally put it into a computer. Yeah. The composition of what the vaccine was going to be actually came pretty quickly. The issue was the human trials. Sure. He says, so if you really want to get granular with how good this thing is, we're going to be in. We're, we're going to be on Mars within this decade. Yeah. Just put this to put that in perspective. Yeah. The vaccine is fine. Yeah. Yeah. When he told me that, I said that makes a whole heck does, of a lot it, of sense. It does make a lot of sense. And so I'm kind of weighing these Mars. two buckets. M A R S. M A R S. Yeah. Mars. By the way, the the rover on Mars and the yes. little helo that was on Mars. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Awesome. And of course, a shout out for a book. If you have not read Liftoff by Eric Berger, it's the story of SpaceX. Yes. Very good because it talks about how 2002, 2003, there was no chance that 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 we would have what we have now in terms of rocket technology. Yeah, thanks to the private and, sector. And Elon Musk just thanks to the private sector. Yeah, it's incredible. Yep. Anyways, N- not big government. I digress. Private sector is good. 
Private sector Sh- is good. Shameless plugs. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, private sector is good because <laughs> that's how we get things done in this country. Yeah, is th- is through the private sector and also innovative pieces of it. Because yeah. let me tell you what, Boeing, Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raytheon, mm-hmm. they couldn't get done couldn't what get SpaceX could get done. Oh, too bureaucratic, huh? Too bureaucratic. Hard for them to make decisions. Anyway, just, say, just saying. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. But all this to say, so when I got... Uh, I'm getting ready for Congress again, so i got to say stuff like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and again. I just want to throw it out there. Just, just pepper it out yeah, there I'm just going to throw bit. it out there. So just go ahead. Pepper it out there. <laughs> so... When I got the the vaccine, and as I think about health and the health factors, once again, you comb through all the data, you comb through the people that are most susceptible uh, to really having terrible adverse reactions to the vaccine. These are a number of other conditions that people have. Hypertension, diabetes, yes. being overweight. Like all of these things are, are additive factors that would not only cause you to have adverse reactions or a, a bad experience with COVID, but it would cause you to have a bad experience with anything. So, so so, please tell me, your friend that said this was the greatest, one of the greatest moments in her life, please tell me this person is not in very good shape. Her? I didn't say it was a female. <laughs> <laughs> so you know who it is. <laughs> I think I even have an idea. This person in really good shape. <laughs> Got you. I think this person in really good shape. Hey, hey. This is pretty could, good. Could be. Okay. Could, could be. be. Okay. Could, could be. Okay. So. <laughs> so, so interestingly enough, the you go back to the health piece of this, right? And taking care of yourself, and it actually unlocked in me this fix-it mentality that we have as a culture. We always want the shot that's going to fix everything. Yeah. Right? This is going to prevent me from getting COVID. We want the magic pill. We want the magic pill. That's what we want. We don't want to get up in the morning. We We don't don't want want to exercise. We don't want to. We want keto. We don't want any carbs. Yes. We're going to eat a bacon diet. Yes. Like the diet mentality. The diet. It has to be. Not the lifestyle. Not the lifestyle. The The diet. diet. It has to be something that can fix everything and be a cure all. When in reality, one of the things that we should have learned in this pandemic, and I think that this is a message that's going to be lost in this pandemic, one of the things that we should learn is that we need to be in better shape as a culture, period. Period. This is one of the things that we should have learned. Mm -hmm. But we didn't. We didn't. This is a message that is not being taken away from the fact that, oh, yeah, well, well, you can have pre-existing conditions. I understand that. There are people that are born with pre-existing conditions. Eating a bunch of carne asada and hot dogs is not Not a pre-existing condition. Especially over time. So to kind of to kind of make a little joke, because I think it was actually really funny. You know, everybody, not everybody, a lot of people, I got I gotta lose the everybody thing. A lot of people are changing their backgrounds or, or changing their profile pictures and putting a banner on it that says, I got my COVID vaccine. <laughs> One of my friends put on hers. I don't care that you got your COVID vaccine. <laughs> Like that's actually hilarious. I don't, I don't care. Just go do it. You just, I don't have to. And that's what's so interesting. I think you know we have this fracture in society. It's, it's, I'm, a, I don't want the vaccine or I do want the vaccine. It's this, this weird division in society, right? Yeah. Let me be very clear in saying this. 
go get the vaccine. It's going to help us out as a culture recover from this. It's going to help businesses be more comfortable. We're going to have to wear a mask everywhere. Go Go get a a vaccine. Go get the vaccine. It's okay. Right? And this is coming from somebody, once again, it's not always about what I want to do or what's good for me. Sometimes it's about the greater good for culture more broadly. I had COVID. And antibodies. Yeah. And I still got it. Yeah. Just, it's okay. Yeah. It's kind of a leadership thing for me, too. Yes. And also, back to your point about being in shape and what this means. A lot of people hear that argument, and then the first thing I hear people jump to immediately is, I know this marathoner that died from COVID. I know this person that ate right and worked out every day, and, and, and she died from COVID. I saw this this collegiate athlete that got COVID and died, and they go find— I'm going to need to see the data on that. Rendon. They go find these obscure people yeah. that died from it. So I read an article a few, a few months back about a marathoner that got COVID, and he was hurting, and he almost died. Yeah. And when he recovered, do you want to know what he said? I would have died if I was in bad shape. <laughs> I got COVID, and I'm glad I was in such good shape because my body was able to fight it. Yeah. Had I not been in good shape, I wouldn't be here right now. Well, and you one- see, that's the kind of mentality that we need to start to adapt. Stop being lazy. Yeah. And stop trying to be like, well, if that this one really fit person died, so I don't have to be fit because I could die too, even if I was fit. That's- so now I want to order another cheeseburger. No, this is our mentality. Yeah. That's flawed, of, that's, 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 flawed that's, flawed, that's flawed logic. Yeah. Being in shape helps you not just fight COVID. It helps you fight everything. Yeah. And it helps you live a better, a better life. happier life. And perhaps it helps you live with a higher quality of life as well. And there's some real interesting arguments. And, and you know me, there's, I, I try to approach things from a logic standpoint. And... Healthcare is one of these things where you really think about this from a logic standpoint, and a lot of the arguments become really interesting. Because we want the freedom to eat everything we want. I don't want you telling me what I can feed my kids. I want to give them Oreos. Okay. Like we, we, want, we don't want anybody telling us what to do or what to eat and all of these types of things, right? However, the cost that we're bearing on the healthcare system Mm-hmm. The trillions and trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And we like to chalk it up with these very normalized terms, right? We say, hey, you should go see a primary care physician. We say preventative medicine. Mm-hmm. That's what we say. But in reality, what ends up happening is when people don't do preventative care, not eating the things they're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. getting a certain amount of exercise. When they don't do things like that, that puts a strain on the broader healthcare system as a whole. Mm -hmm. That means that we're going to pay more money. Might not be for every person. I'm not talking about every person that has pre-existing conditions. Don't try to twist what I'm saying Mm -hmm. to justify not doing what's best for you. And for culture as a whole. And for culture as a whole. Like, the same reason why you and I got the vaccination is the same reason why others should be inspired to get in better shape and stay in better shape collect for the, for the collective good. Yeah. You see, if everybody stays in better shape, then that drives down our health care premiums because we yes. are sick. Yes. 
but you, you see the incongruent argument here. Yes. Like you want to force everybody to t- to get a to get a vaccine for the greater good, but you're at McDonald's right now the day the, for the, the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not good for the greater good. No. And we can talk about what's fair, right? Yeah. Is it is it fair that I was up at four thirty in the morning running? No. And you're and by the way, you run almost every you run just about every day, don't you? Yeah, almost every day. Yeah. However, is that going to affect the premiums uh, in my health care plan? No. Is that fair? No. When's the last time you went to the doctor? Like that, a primary care physician? Yes. He probably it's probably been so long. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Man, I don't even know. When do we graduate from Westwood? <laughs> and again, and again, this is not to say that, that people have actual chronic issues that have no. pre-existing conditions. We're not saying that. What I'm saying is if you look at a bell curve, the overwhelming majority of the pain that we see in our country from a health standpoint is self-inflicted. Yes. And I had a situation in my life where I realized that I was on the wrong trajectory. I remember this time in life. I was there. I bet you do. Yeah, you were there. You were looking like T'Challa. I was looking like, yeah. like, I was looking like, I was like, I was looking like, like, like Rambo. I was like Rambo and Rambo 3. You looking like the Black Panther. <laughs> you came up to me and you said, Brendan, would you like to have the power of the Black Panther? <laughs> you, were looking, you were looking like T'Challa. It was my bachelor party, right? The bachelor party. I don't want to tell this story. Go ahead. It was your bachelor party. And, and don't leave out the whey protein in this story. I'm going difficult. That's why I, that's why I took control of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I have to control the narrative. I have to, I have to control, control the narrative. I'm into politics, man. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> if I let you say it, then, then I'm playing. Then I'm explaining. When you're explaining, you're losing. You're losing. Uh, it was your bachelor party. And you've never been in bad shape. We've never been in bad shape, comparatively speaking. Sure. There have been times in our lives where we have not been in the best shape for us. We were not necessarily our best. And it was your bachelor party where you weren't your best. And it was clear. It's kind of you. That you knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Las Vegas knew it. <laughs> like, like Jesus knew it. We all Jesus knew it. <laughs> we knew it. Okay. And when you got back and then you took your wedding photos too, I could tell that you just weren't pleased with the way you were at that time in your life. How long ago was it that you got married? It's going to be 10 years in July. Congratulations. 10 years in July. This is one of the more proud things that I can say about you and your discipline and how you recognize an issue, take responsibility for it, and don't blame others. You got done after your wedding, and in a decade, I've never seen you fluctuate more or less than five pounds in a decade. Why? You didn't point the finger at somebody else. You didn't say it was the Navy's fault or your fault or that fault. You owned it. You owned it. And then that's why last week, when it's raining at 4 o'clock in the morning, your neighbor is texting you saying, is that you out running at 4 o'clock in the morning while it's raining? You get a rain run in? Well, of course you are, because you understand that you have to be the captain of your des- of your own destiny. Yeah. And that, that, to me, is a lesson that I talk about all the time. For literally a cool decade, you've been in shape. And you know what that means? It means running at 4.30 in the morning and to, to run. You know what that means? 
I can't eat that right now. You know what that means for you? I gotta stop drinking. It's not good for me. I'm not sleeping very well, and I and I and I can't do that. These are the kinds of decisions that you have taken upon yourself. Not only for yourself, though, but for your children. Absolutely. And Absolutely. for your wife and for your family. Yeah. You being a more fit dad makes you a more fit parent. Yes. And this is what people don't ever want to talk about. Everyone looks at, I work out a lot. I work out just about every day. Okay. No. I work out. Just about every day. What'd you do? And people say, how you... <laughs> <laughs> Give me that plan. What you do? Give me that plan. Give me that plan. It had been working out for a very long time, just about every day, for, for, for the bulk of my life. And why? Because I will never forget being at West Point, and I had a military history instructor. And this was before kind of the modern day where we've seen, you know, a few leaders, world leaders that aren't necessarily in the best shape. But this is back in 2003. Okay. And the first thing he told me was a full bird colonel, fit, looked like Gaston. <laughs> he sat down and he goes, how many fat leaders do you know? Wow. Point blank. To, to our class, how many fat leaders do you know? Not, not out of shape, not, you know, he said nah. flat out, how many fat leaders do you know? And this was back in 2003. It's like not very many. And he was talking about world leaders, heads of states, governors, senators. How many do you know? He said, how can you expect to be an officer in the United States Army mm. and take care of other soldiers if you can't take care of yourself? How can you expect to go lead other people and you can't lead from the front and just overall fitness and appearance? How can you do that? Man. Very powerful. Yeah. And I took that very seriously. Yeah. After that, did he say, as a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating. <laughs> no, uh, that's quite like Gaston. I may have watched it once or twice. Well, and there's a piece of that, too, Wesley, where, and a lot of this gets lost in translation when you hear sound bites and don't listen to an entire conversation. This goes back to what we were saying last week about getting home alive, mm -hmm. okay? My hope is that people will be the best versions of themselves. Not so that I see you and think a certain thing, but so that you feel better about yourself mm -hmm. and that you can live longer and do more things with your kids. That's why it's called self-esteem. Yes. Or As in the esteem of yourself. Absolutely. And to your point about having kids, it's important for me that I can be an active dad and do things with them and set an example because you know what I don't want to happen? I don't want them, I don't want to see my kids die, man. No. I don't. I don't want to see them having high blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes. But it starts with you setting the example. I don't want to see that. Tell you something. Your kids, your kids are going to see you getting up in the morning and running. Yes. Just like we saw Dad get up in the morning and run. Interesting. Interesting how this has trickled down to all three of us. Now, we have chosen three different avenues and, th and three different methods of fitness. Well, I, I Hange, clearly Hange have Hange the same workout as you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just lighter weight. The is more of a dance Pilates uh, pure bar, so you not Pilates, pure bar mm -hmm. type, and has been for her entire life. You've been more of a runner. I've been more of a weightlifter kind of guy. But we've all stayed disciplined in staying in shape. 
and it goes back to watching our dad wake us up at the crack of dawn. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And go running around Quan Forrest's track. Yeah. Yeah. It's the example that we set. And, and you know what, Wesley? And you know me, so you're going to know the direct answer to this. There's only one right answer. Do I like running? No. But I don't like lifting weights that much either. I hate running. I do not. I run because it's the fastest, most efficient way to burn calories. For, for your body type, for who you are. Mm-hmm. And I know that I don't need to have a gym membership. or any, I know that there are no excuses. I have a pair of shoes, rain or shine, put the shoes on, and go, go out there. And go run. So yeah, this is something that I talked with. You know, I spoke with Joe Rogan on on this when I was on his podcast. And Joe high Rogan, level of discipline, high level of discipline. Yeah. Joe Rogan, when he walked into the studio, and I was waiting for him when he walked in, my team was like, "Wesley, you got some work to do, man." I mean, Joe Rogan walked in jacked and juicy. <laughs> I was like, yo, I didn't know. Looking like person. a quarter pounder. He, looked, with cheese. he walked in. <laughs> and we talked about it on this podcast, too, about the idea of also doing something that sucks every day. Like doing something that you don't want to do. So you don't like running, but you, you, you mentally prepare yourself to do it anyway. And once you do that. I've overcome it. You've overcome it, and the rest of your day is all downhill. It can't beat me. Knock it out. It can't beat me. Get it over with. Yeah. It's a mentality. I don't like going to the gym. Sometimes I go in the morning. Sometimes I go in the afternoon. Let me tell you something. I'm going to go. Yes. And until it's done, it's an albatross that hangs around my neck. Yes. Even though I don't particularly like doing it. Yes. But don't sacrifice the future for the present. Okay. I might not like doing it. You might not like doing it. But do you like how you feel? I love it. Do you like how you look? I love it. I, I like how you I, I like how you look. You look great. You too. And the investments that you make now are going to pay dividends for you in the future. Absolutely. So you've seen our parents. Whew. Seventy years old. I mean, black don't crack. I mean, that's but, that's, that's not even uh, kind of cracking. That's not even not even close. Dad has looked the same for like like thirty years. <laughs> and the issue he had, and I think he would have been better off if he would have just embraced the bald head early. Yeah. Because he still had the Homer Simpson, the yeah. Bozo, the Clown. I don't know why. He let it grow on the sides. I was like, Dad. It's like, let it go, let man. It go. Like Elsa, man. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let Just it roll around. Go. And, then, and then he would go to the barber shop with us and, and be like, And, and yeah, fade that up. Can I get a fade? <laughs> and fade up the side. Fade up the Homer. <laughs> Dad, you can't get a The fade is over. It's, over. <laughs> it's faded away. Come on home, bro. It's a, come on home. <laughs> and I remember, I could just see them licking their chops whenever he walks up to the barbershop. It's like, oh, we got an easy one. This is, this is not going to take long at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it was like a coming to America. <laughs> he just cut off his ponytail. <laughs> but, but that's, but dad has looked virtually take, the same our, since he was 40. Our parents, our mom right now is vegan. Yeah. Yeah. She's vegan and she's very strict about it. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's very hard to be vegan when you're from New Orleans. By the way, <laughs> they don't have vegan boudin. No, man. They, they, don't have, they don't have vegan, you know, oyster po' boys either, bro. I don't think. <laughs> remember, remember when Mom had? Could you imagine how nasty a vegan po' boy would, oh, it'd be, be terrible? That wasn't no part. Of that. Remember, remember when Bob had that 
that uh, that vegan shrimp in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> she had she had some vegan shrimp. Yeah. And and she was like, oh, it's not bad because you know that's that's the thing with with vegan people. Vegan. So let, let, let's get on this. Vegan people are kind of ridiculous. Okay. Because they're like CrossFitters. It's yeah, they're just like CrossFitters. <laughs> they're that's, the, that's a great analogy. Vegan people. Look, just tell me what it tastes like. Just tell me exactly what it tastes like. Don't compare it to anything normal. No. Because it doesn't taste like that. No. Like, vegan steak doesn't taste like steak. No, it doesn't. It, it probably tastes like peanut butter. So just tell me. And it probably tastes fine. It tastes fine, but don't get my but mind set to think it's steak. <laughs> it's not what I'm expecting. And, and that's why even when you go to, because your know, mom's big in these vegan bakeries, you go to these vegan bakeries, and the bar is so low, okay? Because if I have a vegan cookie, if it tastes like a normal cookie, I'm like, man, that's a hell of a cookie. Yes. That is so good. <laughs> that's the best cookie ever. If it's average, right? For a normal cookie, right? But mom had like this. Like Chips Ahoy. We're not even talking about it. Nah. Mom <laughs> had this vegan shrimp that was in the freezer. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh you yeah. should you should try it. Doesn't even sound right. And you know how I am. I will I will try anything once. I'll try it. She has this vegan shrimp. She takes it out, and I'm looking at the ingredients on it, and it says shrimp flavoring. <laughs> how do you get <laughs> shrimp flavor? Shrimp is a pretty. Pronounced flavor, it's right? Shrimp. It's shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get shrimp flavor? Shrimp or it's not is what you're saying. With the absence of shrimp, yeah, right? Either. Yeah. So I tried it, and I tell you, it's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> so we weren't going to eat the whole thing, so we put it in the bowl for the dog. Your dog, it's Spartan, Spartan, right? What Spartan do? Spartan <laughs> walks up to that shrimp flavored shrimp, sniffs it, and makes this sound. He goes. <laughs> and just walked away. <laughs> Was he like, Scooby Doo? <laughs> it's like, Raggy. Raggy. <laughs> but it, it was crazy, though, because those are, those are choices, though, that mom has made yeah. in order to, to keep herself where she wants to be, like getting to the point where, hey, these are the goals that I have for myself. I want to be able to, to, to be there for my grandkids. And to your point, she's not coming from a, a culture where that's something that is acceptable. <laughs> Normal. Acceptable. No, I, I said acceptable. Yeah. You, we, go, we go to New Orleans. Somebody who grew up in Louisiana <sighs> and lives in Houston. Yeah. I mean, literally going from the gumbo capital of the world to the barbecue capital of the world. Yeah. And she's and she, and she toes in line. And she stays diligent. But that takes discipline. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But she knows she's better off for it. And it's and it's it is it is postponing instant gratification, which is which is something that's always a challenge, I think, for all of us. Always a challenge. But that's why it's good because it's a challenge. You see, anything that comes easy is not worth it. Yeah. Anything that anybody can do, usually it's not very special. It's just not. I'll give it to you in another term. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Who says that all the time? Well, our dad. You get what you, you pay get what for. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. And that was one of the things, really, that the military taught me as well. 
because this is not this happens to be a conversation about physical fitness and we've talked about mental fitness spiritual this fitness is way bigger than that though all these things it, it, it happens it happens to be a conversation about physical fitness but this is a conversation about life and i'll never forget when i was in business school there's certain things that people say that open your mind to consider opportunities, life, business, commerce in a different way. And one of the things that was said in one of my classes was, if a business is not growing, it's dying. And I'm kind of like, huh, that's interesting. Because we grow up in a world where you feel like you can get your market share, hold on to your market share, and then you're fine. It's not how it works. Because other people are going to want your market share. Eventually. You're going to have to fight for what you have. Eventually. And you're going to have to continue to fight for what you have. Let me tell you what. Boeing and Raytheon and Lockheed, they were fine having jet engines. What happened when SpaceX came in? Brendan, we talked about Amazon here a few weeks ago and Jeff Bezos. Who has a rocket system as well. Uh, That's why I brought it up. He's constantly, he's the richest man in the world, and Elon Musk is number one or two, and they flip-flop back and forth depending on the week and how their shares do, because they are constantly innovating for the future. Amazon's going to be around for, the, for a long time. Do you know why? Because as we live and breathe, they're trying to figure out a drone delivery system with the FAA right now. And once that happens, they just bought another five to ten years now, didn't they, of being on the curve of innovation. Yeah being on the tip of the spear of innovation. Yes. See, they've, they've made the decision that we're not going to die because we're, we're going to be the companies that constantly push the envelope that applies to you and your life and your body as well. Yes. And what are we doing to push ourselves? Because it's our body, it's our minds. Are we reading? Are we educating ourselves? It's spiritually. Are we praying? Are we meditating? What are we doing to address that piece of our uh, of ourselves? Because what this comes down to is, it's so easy to make excuses on why we're not better. And it's not a comparison. It's not a comparison between me and you. I can't lift as much weight as you can. I mean, I can't run as fast as you. And I probably will never be able to. Who cares? But how do I maximize what I have and my goals and have this mindset of continuous Improvement. Right. So what I get asked all the time with people that, that listen to the show is like, how do we have this relationship? Like, like, how are we here? And I always tell them we aren't in competition with each other. No. When you win, I win. And when I win, you win. I don't care how much you can lift. Are you doing well? Are you healthy? Yeah. Are you your best you? You don't care how fast or how long I could run. Are you in good shape? Are you happy? Are you healthy? And we applaud that. I'm not going to compete with you on that. Hmm. Well, we will go on the golf. We will go out on the golf course, friend, and you're going to smoke me. Great. Do we have fun? Yeah. Well, and competition ruins so much in life. It's all. It's it's competition can be a very good competition's thing. Competition's good, but but it can it can ruin. But it can ruin because. One of my favorite sayings is the only person I compete with is me yesterday. Oh, Rendon, not somebody else. No. I'm not trying to be like, look like, be as smart as, no. dot, dot, dot. And you hear us talk about this all of the time. It's not trying to be like someone else. It's trying to be 
the best version of who I am. Brendan, I had a friend that I, I'm no longer friends with because of this whole comp. Everything he wanted to do was 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 competing. It just got it just got nauseating to me. Everything was a competition with this guy. That's not that's that's not what friends and brothers and sisters do. The only thing we should be interested in is lifting each other up. Yes. And you know what? Having a friendly competition every now and again on it's the great. side is healthy. It's great. It's fun. It's great. Having a lifting partner that y'all push each other on and say, I got you this week, I'll get you tomorrow. Having somebody, that's the one good thing I will say about the CrossFit community is that. Yes. It's that. Yeah. Having that kind of competition, having, that's actually excellent. You're pushing each other. But the, when, when, when jealousy creeps into competing, that's where you start having a problem. And you, have, you highlighted the word, it's jealousy. Yeah. Because life is not a zero-sum game. We can all be strong. We can all be strong. Yes. I don't, wanna, I don't want to get, I have enough things going on, we have enough things going on in our lives than to be sitting around worrying about jealous people, particularly when we're not jealous. I had a gentleman that I, that I have known for some time who's extremely competitive, was a college football player, played at USC, and he said something really interesting to me that at the time it didn't it didn't really resonate, but now as I think about it uh, retroactively, it was a very interesting comment. He said, I like to see other people lose more than I like to win. Interesting. And at the time, it was like, huh, that's what drives you, that's interesting. Now, and this conversation was a while ago, but now I look back on that as like, wow, that's a really destructive way to live your life. Yes. Your yeah. focus isn't even on how I feel or how can I maximize myself. It's somebody else. Yes. That's a very destructive way to live your life. Wow. And how often do we do that on social media and in other platforms? We sit around and we wait for people to fail. To fail. Yeah. It was like a way to pounce on them. It was. It was like. It was like one of our one of our friends, and this is one of those interesting stories that you tell, I'll give a shot at it, amend it where it's right and wrong. But it was right before you had your first daughter. Mm -hmm. Emily was pregnant at the time. And a friend of ours came up to you and said, man, you're looking really good right now. But man, after that baby comes, it's gonna be time for dad bod. He's like, he's rooting for me to look like crap. Like rooting for you to fail. And the crazy thing is, who roots for somebody to have a dad bod? When you told me that story, the first thing that I thought of... Misery loves company? Well, that's part of it. <laughs> that's certainly part of it. And the other thing I thought about is the notion that now that you're becoming a father, people say, I can't afford to do X, Y, and Z, or I don't have the time to do X, Y, and Z. Now that you have somebody else who you're responsible for, you can't afford not to. not to do that. I mean, I've gotten in better shape since I've had two kids. You should. There's more riding on you now. Way more. People say I, I don't have time for that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't have time to read to educate myself. Okay. You can't afford not to read, not to do that, because if you're not doing that, you're not progressing yourself, and you're not 
growing. There is a story that I want you to tell in terms of physical fitness because it is one of my favorite stories. Your bench press story. <laughs> this is just one of my favorite stories, and I <laughs> I wish I was there. Fort Hood, Texas. I wish I was there. I was in Fort Hood, Texas, and I'm in my mid-20s, and this is where you know, you're at this phase in your life where you're just like, I just want to be, I just want to be able to lift and be huge and lift as much as I can. And when you start to have that mentality, sometimes you lose the concept of body fat for strength. Now, I was getting really strong, like repping 315 for eight, squatting, you know, 400 pounds for reps. Like, yoked. I was yoked, okay? <laughs> I, I was 200. I don't want to say it. <laughs> I, was, I was 200. I was way, I, I was, I was way, I was way too big. And I was, it was the strongest was of my, big. strongest time of my entire life. And I was, I can tell you, let me, give me a second. I was 24 years old. Hmm. I remember the, I remember the, I remember the time. It's, it's, it's like, it's Do like, Mar- it's, it's kind of like Mar Pearl Harbor, you know, like yeah, I, 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 re, I remember this day. <laughs> I remember where I was. I remember where I was, <laughs> you know, like I, I remember this. And. I remember getting really strong, and I was got, and I got on the bench press, put three plates on each side, and I sat up. And I was getting my I was getting right to rep 315, and then I looked as down as a warm up. As a warm up, I was ready, and I was really strong. I was I was huge, and and, and, and I'm a helicopter pilot, which is really funny because like why are you this jacked helicopter pilot? Why does this make any sense? I don't know, but that, that, that's where I was at that time it in my life. It made sense at the time. It doesn't, yeah. It's, it's yeah. cool then. Yeah, it's like November rain. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it was a good idea at the time, but it really wasn't. It's like those Talia Umo suits that Michael Jordan wore, right? <laughs> just with the pants. With the pant leg like, was this big oh. and it had eight buttons on it. Just not. It seemed, at the time. At the time, it was cool. It seemed like a good, it doesn't, it's it's it doesn't cool. seem good anymore. And so... And I remember sitting up on the bench, and when you're so focused, and this, is, this is actually a good point, when you're so focused on one thing, oftentimes Ooh. you lose sight of other things that start slipping. Ooh. So I was so focused on getting my bench press up, I was so focused on everything that even looking in the mirror, everything I saw was skewed. <laughs> because the only thing I cared about was squat and bench, squat and bench. I didn't care about my two-mile time that, by the way, was pedestrian at best. I didn't even want to talk about it. I was barely coming in on the Army standards at 24 years old. But I didn't care because I was like, I passed. Oh, but I'm jacked. But nobody can't. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, you can't. You can barely run two miles. (laughs) And you're in the Army. (laughs) Okay? I sat up. I was getting ready to bench. I looked down. And I could literally see my my gut. <laughs> like, I don't want to use the word spill because that's a bit dramatic. But I would say it's a muffin top, it, a bit. It was a bit. Of, and I remember looking down and seeing it kind of spill over my shorts a little bit. And I kind of grabbed it. And I looked down. I got off the bench press, removed all the weight, and went to the treadmill. <laughs> I never was that big ever again. <laughs> I got home. I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, there's no need for you to bench press 400 plus pounds. Yeah. Actually, when your body fat is this, yeah. get in shape. Yes. I love the idea 
of focusing on one thing and losing perspective of everything else. Because I think that's what happens when we, uh, we let ourselves go. Mm-hmm. We could be focused too much on eating or drinking and not focused on general health. Yeah. And at some point, we all have a bit of a wake-up call. Your wake-up call came when you were muffin topping on the <laughs> on the bench at Fort Hood. <laughs> My wake-up call came. Your bachelor party. When I well, it actually wasn't the bachelor party. It was when I got the wedding pictures back. Okay. That was that was that the was moment. the real that was the moment, and, and it was honestly hurtful for me because I'm think I'm looking at my wife and she just looks like a 15 on a one to ten yeah, scale. Still does, but still looks like a 15. Yeah, but I'm looking at her and best you know the best you're ever supposed to look these iconic pictures, mm-hmm. and she's looking wonderful. And I looked at myself, and I wasn't at my best, man. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment when I saw the I Wesley, you know. I still won't look at those pictures, man. No. And really, they're not that bad. That's what's so interesting about this. This is why this conversation is actually not about comparing yourself to others. It's about comparing yourself to yourself. Yeah. Because I, any normal person would look at that and they would say, oh, you'd be kind of hard on yourself. But, but you could be better. And not only did I know that, that, that I could be better, there was a piece of me, too, that, and you know, my wife could care less. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's not it's so funny. I mean, not an issue for her at all. But there was a piece of me that was almost disappointed, almost feeling like I let her down, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because she would never she say care. anything like that. And it just it's not it, it is it's it's a complete figment of my imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's you taking responsibility for it's, it. It's, it's that was 10 years ago. That's a valuable lesson, too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Discipline, consistency, grit. This is, these are the things, these are the building blocks of a good, healthy, productive life. Yes. That we can all strive to have. Not tearing somebody else, not tearing someone else down, lifting them up, being encouraging, not hoping they fail. And Wesley, that's why I want you in Congress. Wow. Because I don't expect everybody to have that level of discipline. I think that some people will take this conversation and they will misconstrue it and think that I'm trying to put anybody down or, be or for the truth. issues that, that, that they're dealing with. No, I actually want people to thrive. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes for my end to help them thrive. But I can't want it more than people want it themselves. And that's why... I want you in Congress because the understanding of the fact that Rome was not built in a day, the understanding that there are going to be hard times and sometimes you wake up and you don't want to do it and you don't want to do the next rep, the understanding of that and what it takes, this is a conversation about physical fitness. But it's more a conversation about life. Yeah. And about having a mentality. I equate that loss that I just had in Congress to me sitting on that bench press that day and looking down and not being happy with myself. And you have a choice. It's a good a, metaphor, I, but you look way better now. I had a, thank you very much. <laughs> There's no muffin top. I had, I had a choice. There's I had no a, muffin top in that concession speech. I had a choice. 
I could have racked the weights. I, I racked the weights and got on the treadmill and got in way better shape. Or I could have just kept doing bench press. And I chose to get up and do something about it. Even though I kind of enjoy lifting weights more, I don't like being on the treadmill, but that's what I needed to do. The same thing happened on in, back in November. I had a choice. I could have quit, moved on, or I could prepare myself to go back at it again. Just that kind of mentality. I think we do need more of that in leadership. I think we do need more of that mentality in Congress. And me losing, as we discussed, how awesome is that? Brendan, if I had won, I wouldn't be sitting here right now having this very conversation with you. And this has been incredibly important to us yeah. to be able to do this. Yeah. God has a plan, and I believe that. Yeah. It's not always the way you want it. He may not come when you want him. When you want him. But he'll be there right, right on, on time. time. I tell you, he's, he's an, an on-time time God. God. Yes, yes, he, he is. is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mentality that I think we have to understand. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Yes. And you're better for it. Well, you're better. I'm a better person for it. You're better for it. And there's a piece of us we cannot let our adversity define us. We must let our adversity strengthen mm-hmm. us. Don't let it define you. Let it refine, refine you. And when we hold on to that, and when we understand that these moments of adversity, when we're not who we feel we want to be, there's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you always have a choice. My favorite analogy in the world is do you want to be a thermostat or do you want to be a thermometer? Mm. Do you want to be a thermostat or do you want to be a thermometer? You see, a thermometer just sits in a room and measures the temperature of the room based on the ambient temperature, and it changes as everything changes around it. Yeah. A thermostat changes the environment around it, and that's what influences the thermometer. Hmm. I'd much rather be a thermostat. That's why you got all those degrees. You could be hot. (laughs) I can't stand you sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I'm out here going to the bottom of the ocean deep. (laughs) (laughs) What's that Kanye West song? What Kanye West said? You know what's going to keep you warm? My degrees. <laughs> yes. Yes. My degrees. Well, I got four of them, so I'm going to be really warm. But that's, that's, that's the kind of change agent that I think everybody has the capability to do and to be in some capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have to choose to be it. And it's not going to be trying to be a bootleg version of somebody else. Never. Never. It's only going to be being the best version of yourself. Yes. The best part about running for Congress is you put a team together and, and you find out what people's individual skills are. Yeah. And there's elements of a campaign team. A very good team is a team that understands what their strength is and what they're supposed to do. You see, you can't have a campaign manager or a chief of staff that wants to be the principal. 
Yeah. That, that doesn't work. Doesn't work. You can't have a principal that wants to be the campaign manager and be chief of staff. You can't have a campaign manager that wants to be the fundraiser. Yeah. You can't have a fundraiser that wants to be the campaign. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody yes. has to know what their strengths are. And when each tier or each element or segment of the campaign is maximized based on the individual's input, man, you're cooking with gas. Yeah. When there's confusion in those ranks, you're not operating at 100%. And that is what's so important. I use that analogy about just, you know, campaign teams. That's what's so important about teams in general. Yes. The Bulls were so great. Scottie Pippen knew his role. Dennis Rodman, I get rebounds and play defense. That's all all I'm doing. Nobody's asking you to go out. Nobody's asking you to get 10 points. Ron Harper, Ron Harper, I'm playing defense. Yeah. Michael Jordan, I'm the leader and I'm scoring. Bill Will, Bill Winnington, Bill Cartwright, I'm the big guy, I'm the center. Yeah. That's it. There were very defined roles on that team. Yes. And it's not only that they had defined roles, they were willing to take ownership for their roles. Their role. Yeah. And that's what I would challenge our listener to think about is <coughs> take ownership for your roles in life. And if you feel that you can do your roles in life at a diminished physical or mental capability, then don't listen to us. Mm-hmm. If you feel you can do that. If you feel that you can do your roles better by putting in time and effort to refine yourself, consider some of the things that we're saying. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrap, but I do want to say one thing. Uh, I want to wish, from the bottom of my heart and from the Hunt family, I want to wish Dan Crenshaw good health. Yeah. Uh, he got some, you know, pretty hip surgery a couple of weeks back. We're waiting to see kind of what happens with him. Uh, he's been someone that's helped out my campaign tremendously. I consider he and Tara to be friends. Um, right now, he is actually effectively blind. I think his statement said he'll be that way for the next month or so. And I want to wish him a speedy, 100% full recovery, and we're praying for him. Godspeed, Dan. Yep. We're talking about a guy that gave his sight for this country. Yeah. I don't care where you are politically. I don't care how you feel about him. That's respect that is owed. Yeah. And he still continues to serve, quite, quite frankly, being 75% blind because he only has one good eye that's half good. And right now he has none. And we want to see him get that eyesight back. Yes, we do. We need you, Dan. So, go and take us out. And remember, smiles are contagious. So make someone's day. God bless you. Thank you.